Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Yo, Aries. What's happening, baby? Uh, life, man. Well, here's the good news. Uh, in 11 days, is it 11 days? I don't know what the official date countdown is, but by next week, no more of this shit over the phone, right? Uh, I don't know. Where are we going to be? Uh, Oklahoma City. And that's in 11 days? The June is it might be more than eleven days. Ju- yeah. June eleventh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, almost two, two weeks. So we're gonna we back we back we're gonna have one more of these. One more, and then we back to fucking without a rub. Yeah, this is uh, this is getting uh, this is getting painful. Let me, I need to get out of the house. Well, not just get out of the house. I'm just so sick of hearing these playbacks over the phone. Yeah, well, I, I, I forgot. I forgot how good we sound with normal clarity. Well, I like it better too because we work off of each other better. Um, yeah, I, 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 like, I like to stay in your. I like to stay at your face. <laughs> see, see what the devil's cooking up. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't blame you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So where do we start? <clears throat> well, uh, it's well, a, before we get heavy, before we get heavy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you want? Yeah. Do you want to keep it light for a minute and? Uh, I don't know how light it is, but um, I'm getting so goddamn sick. Of, like I, I sent out a, I sent out a, a post on Instagram uh, because you know, and, I, and and obviously ignorance goes past color because uh, everybody gets to be ignorant, and stupid. But I've, I've been seeing online how you know whether it's an all white pool party get together that just happened. I think it was in. Uh, Ozark, something called Ozark, and and I think I don't know if it was St. Louis or Minneapolis, uh, but like the scene is a thousand white people all partying with no masks at a pool party and no social distancing. But then also cut to <clears throat> the same kind of footage with a thousand niggas, like it said Freaknik, uh, doing the same shit at a pool party in the streets, you know. Wilding out, no masks, no social distancing. 
And it's just amazing, dude, be a black, white. I sent the post out and I said, uh, <clears throat> expecting most Americans to wear masks and obey the rules is like expecting people to be politically correct. This is America, goddammit. No one tells Americans what to do. Americans' arrogance supersedes its safety. And I'm just like, you know, and listen, man, yeah, I'm type 2 diabetic. So I'm, I'm really got one. And I, it's scary for me if I get the shit. And it's just amazing. People don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. And I don't know if this is just the... I got to believe to some extent this is about youth. The youth just believes they're, they're invincible. They don't take it serious. Because anybody I would imagine in your 30s or 40s, you just know better. But then again, I know there's a lot of 30, 40-year-olds upset too feeling like their rights have been taken. Man, I just never hated people as much as I hate them right now. I'm sorry. I mean, I can't the conversation that you want to, that we're going down right now uh, is so infuriating to me because one, it's not about your right not to wear the mask. It's about people wearing it so that they don't infect others. And a sense of confidence that you're not going to affect others, uh, but it's not just the youth. I was at I was at a grocery store um, out here in New Jersey, and and they have they have it set up very. Uh, they have a process where you you don't only one person's working on the conveyor the conveyor. You stand in a certain place. The other person's supposed to stand outside of the lane. Dude, this old dude, and and he was also Russian too. Like he was, he was definitely like uh, he, he was definitely not from the United States. He was from Russia. I don't, know, I don't know how long he'd been in the country, but to his point, when I go, dude, just slow down. I mean, wait till I'm out of here. He goes, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Russian. Yeah. In Russia, we put COVID nineteen on food. Right. This is spice. Yeah. Paprika, pepper, oregano, COVID nineteen. And I, I, all I said to him is, if it doesn't make a difference that you're doing it now, it shouldn't make a difference if you just wait till I'm gone. Uh, why can't you just follow the rules like everyone else so that we can we can get through this in a healthy way? Now, I don't think that I have it, and I don't think that I, I don't think that he had it. He, he might. He like you said, he's Russian. Ru- Russia has a low uh, a, a low outbreak, but it could also be because it's not reported. Yeah. So, so I I don't know. I just it's not just the youth. It's it's people and and their and, and what they think is their right. Now, when you have rights, you also have it comes with responsibility. You can't intrude on someone else's right. And so the reason you wear the mask is not to protect you. It's to protect other people from you possibly. Wait, 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 wait. White folks intruding on other people's rights. Yeah. What you mean? Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't normally do that, do they? Uh, uh, dude, dude uh, there's a video out here uh, that happened yesterday uh, in Central Park where this uh, this woman, uh, yeah, the dog, right, the, dog, the guy. Oh man, and it's so perfect because if you know what if you know what it was, and and you're watching the end of the video, as soon as she as soon as he she snaps that leash on the dog, he just goes thank you, and he's done. Right, that, that was what that whole thing's about. And again, again. White folks putting in, we didn't see what happened before, what started you know, before. You know, it's funny. You mentioned uh, when we come back to doing stand-up, you know, we obviously just can't jump back into the fray doing what we used to do. You have to address the elephant in the room, which is to say, 
what are your COVID-19 jokes? And I've been thinking about it and I don't really have anything yet, but it just occurs to me. It's just, you know, white people could not handle slavery, nigga. Not like black people could handle it, but we did it. Um, uh, white, white people, people handle it. Their minds. If y'all, white people handle it, they just handle it in a different way. What do you mean when they when you say they handled it? They were in charge of slavery, so they handled it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, <laughs> I'm I'm the victim role. Yeah. I mean these motherfuckers. Y'all can't handle not going to the beach, being told you can't go to your favorite coffee shop. Much less I can imagine whips and chains. Like I, I it's it's again. I, I know I've been saying I'm working on this new bit about white people's ability to not be able to handle the word no. Whereas black people, we've been told no our entire existence. So we're familiar with boundaries. We're familiar with no. You know, it, it just, it's, and again, I, 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 let me not make this a white thing because again, I'm seeing ignorant black folks out here doing the same thing. Listen, I get it. It's frustrating. I hate, I hate, I hate the idea of how long is it going to be before we truly get back to normal? I don't like these masks. I don't like going everywhere and feeling like this is a sci-fi movie and this is the new way of life. People walking around with gloves and masks on. It, it feels like there's no human connection. It, it, it just does not feel right. I, I, I know I keep saying it, but I got to go back to the whole condom thing. Yes, we get it. It's better. It's safer. But it's not natural. It's not natural for human beings to fuck with something in between the pleasure of what feels natural. And I just, I, I can't stand it. When I go to the grocery store and I see the plastic partitions, like I can't wait till we take all that shit down. No, I don't think it's, you ever, know? I don't think it's ever coming down. No, it will. It will. It will. Everything comes to pass. It will. Um, because, because again, I think people don't like being told how to live. And as long as we can help it, we want to live how we want to live. And it's not natural for people to live that way. Yeah, it's not. But I'm. I don't think it's going to come down because it protects the it protects the cashier from a common cold. So I, I don't. Yeah, know pretty why. soon they're going to say fuck the cashier. I don't know why they would pay. They would pay to take it down at this point because it doesn't interfere with your ability to do the job. I think the masks are going to become normalized, like you saw. No. Yep. Like in Asian countries, if you're sick, you have to wear you wear the mask. You if you're sick, you wear the mask. I think it's going to be a lot more people wearing masks. I know that it's, it's, it's crazy that you say that, but we're seeing right now people don't want to do it and they're not. They don't want to be told to do it because they feel they're not sick. But if you're sick and you know that you're preventing other people from getting sick, I, I don't see why that wouldn't become part of what we do. Listen, I'm on, I have to ride a subway. I, I'm not riding a subway without a mask for a while. There's no way I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm probably going to wear gloves on 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 the subway. But 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 by that theory, by that theory, technically, it, once you leave your house, you shouldn't be doing anything without a mask until they come up with a cure. You shouldn't be doing anything. I don't care if it's the subway, a walk in the park, a trip to the cleaners. You shouldn't be doing anything. I, I, I get. I, if you do one, how do you go? I, I'm going to rationale. I'm going to rationalize doing one over another because what? You know one is safer than the other? You don't know. Yeah, well, one of the ways, when they said most most of the people that are contracting the disease 
this COVID disease, it has to be 15 minutes of contact with someone that has it is generally not contact that immerse yourself in a, in a tight space or in a space with someone that has it for 15 minutes. And that's how it's, it's transferring through those little uh, moisture molecules that are coming, uh, that are floating around. And they are saying it's 15 minutes and they're saying it's in a tighter capacity, which works. If you're on a subway, that's the perfect breeding place for it to work out because you have multiple people. You're in a tight space. People are touching everything, man. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm gonna be honest, dude. When we go back on the road, <clears throat> we're really rolling the dice. I, I mean, we could try to be as cautious as we want to be, but what are you gonna do? Not sell your merch? Not make the hand to hand on the credit card exchange? No, I'm, I'm not. You you don't have to shake people's hands. You could do the elbow. But again, these people are eating. You know, touching silverware, drinking from glasses, eating off plates. The, the contact is there. We're yeah. all rolling the dice at the end of the day. Yeah, we have to roll the dice. We can't stop living. I'm not going to stay in my house forever. Uh, but I'm right. going to do something. Like, uh, when we go back and do the merch, I'm just going to do the contact list without signing the receipt so that they can just slide their own credit card in. We don't have to touch it. They don't have to sign it. It's done. We're going to do elbows. We can do elbows. No, I don't think, I think people are going to be, I don't think people are going to want to shake hands the same way that they were before. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see because, because I, I think people really, really want to get back to a sense of normalcy. They, they want it bad. They, they don't like how uncomfortable their life is. And, and I believe me, I get where it's coming from. I get where you're coming from, but to be that sharp and on point, 24-7, when you're remembering each and every day, don't touch hands, don't touch hands. Oh, oh, credit card, handle it this way. Cash, handle it that way. Oh, but how can I handle it? I got to take the cash from them. They got no gloves on. What, am I not going to take the cash? It, it's just, just so much to remember. Something's going to slip through the cracks. Yeah, and people are still going to get sick. It's not like it's not going to happen. I feel like I would survive it. I don't feel like uh, it's going to take me out, <clears throat> uh, but I don't want it. I don't want it, so I'm going to do the best I can to prevent it from happening. Uh, I, I just don't understand why. If you're youthful and you're out right now, I understand being young, wanting to enjoy this part of their life, and the fact that they are getting they're less uh, likely to get it or and less likely to have symptoms from it. I, I understand why they feel the way that they do, but they don't understand that they're also putting other people in danger when they go back to their home and their parents. And grandparents can be can become ill from it. So I, I don't know if this is the miseducation of of uh, of the American people. I don't know. I, I watch TV I, when I'm watching the news. This is the, all they talk about is this, but they don't talk about it in the way. I I, I, I just don't like how it's being presented. I, I thought I, I thought that this would be more entertaining. Like I want, I'd love to see tear gas. I want riot gear. I'd love to see cops come in and shut the shit down. Let's see what happens when the youth is tested. Well, you know the the fact that, that we know this is going on and nothing's being done about it. That speaks bigger volumes. Well, the the police don't. I don't think that the police or law enforcement, whatever, doesn't want to go in and and put themselves at risk either. For people who are putting themselves at risk, it doesn't make sense. Well, all right. 
I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm at a loss for where, where we are right now because there's so much going on that is, is, is a bigger problem. Uh, our situation with China right now and, and uh, how we, how we, our trade works with China. Listen, if, if America doesn't start looking at Mexico and going, listen, you do what you want on that side of the world, we're going to do something on this side of the world. And Mexico should be a place that is, they have the labor force. It's not the most educated, but it has the labor force. And when I say not the most educated, there's a lot of rural parts of Mexico that I'm talking about. There's a lot of educated people in Mexico. That's not what I was trying to say. But where some of these factories could be built, where factories are, we just have to get better about the education and putting uh, our our supply chain should be directly linked to America. And when I say America, not the United States, uh, the Americans from South America up uh, to Canada, we need, we need supplies this way. We can't keep doing what we're doing right now. This is ridiculous. Uh, and I think people that are worried about their masks are not watching what's really going on and going to put us in a worse situation. The only thing that's going to come out of this situation that I think is really good is if we actually get these bills passed for infrastructure and get people working and actually rebuilding the American infrastructure that needs to happen. So, uh, that's the only thing good that I think could come out of this right now. And as far as, uh, the policing and uh, rioting, I-, I don't think that it's going to have anything to do with COVID-19, but I think it's going to happen real soon anyway. Because of what? Uh, policing of black America. Oh, now, now, now we're getting to the, okay, here comes the big dick on the table. Thump. Um, yeah, you know, the lady with the dog, and, and, you know, we've always seen this play out the same way. And I guess, again, we call them Karens, right? Yeah, that's, what, that's the word right now. Yeah, so, so prior to the phone call, Karen is as tough as a Mexican mafia member. Uh, but once the call is made, then we hear the poor little victim that's the helpless female who's about to be raped. Um, and again, given this some history context... When you hear the panic in her voice, there's an African-American man and he's my my safety. You know, it just this 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 is hard on black people, especially black men, because these were the reasons why we got lynched. You know, a white woman's panic is the reason why we got lynched Uh, again, often false accusation on top of that. But this is just, you know, history doing its thing. Well. We all we already have history in Central Park. Um, this Karen chick, um, she's actually a Cooper too. They're both named Cooper. Um, but when she what when she she gave a statement basically saying that uh, he came out of the bushes. She was scared. Uh, I don't but, believe wait, he wait, came wait, out yeah, of the yeah, bushes. Uh, wait, wait, even before you get to the, any of that, uh, she came right. out of the bushes. She was scared. Uh, so that was her immediate reaction. Okay, let, let, let's break this down for a second. She's scared. She's with her dog that's not on a leash. So who has more right to be scared? Is a, a person that when dogs are running towards them, that would be one. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to stop you, but I, I just want to say it because you just said it. And this is just a small thing for me. To the people that have dogs, uh, and I'm, I'm not a dog lover, uh, but I'm also not a dog hater. I would love in my in my fantasy to be able to own a dog but i can't pick up shit i'm not picking up doo-doo um 
But I, and again, I got bit by a German shepherd when, when I was a kid. So that might be a, a little bit of it. But to the people that have dogs, I fucking hate you sons of bitches when you don't put your dogs on leashes. Like, and I don't care how much you tell me your dog ain't vicious. He don't bite. That's not the point. Everybody don't feel about dogs the way you guys do. So if there's a person that has a fear of a dog, put your dog on a fucking leash. It ain't your world only. You share this place with other people. And other people might not feel as comfortable with dogs being loose as you do. Show some goddamn respect. Go ahead. See, that's very similar argument that you would actually make to the mask that people are wearing or not wearing. Show some respect to the people who are worried about the germs just flying out of your face at this particular time when there's no cure for it. Anyway, going back to what she said, she said that you know he came out, he yelled at her, and uh, about and he was uh, about putting the dog on the leash, and she was scared, and that's why she called the police. Like, do you if you in the video you watch her come up to the guy and shake her finger in his face. Now, when you're scared of someone, you don't necessarily get aggressive; you retreat. There was no retreat in her. And to tell someone that they're not allowed to record them in a public place is insane. That's why you're in a public place. We can all record in a public place. So she has many problems with her story. Um, I think I think it's time for people to be held accountable. I think it's what past, nigga past is time. coming out the bushes in broad day. Well, he was he was birding. He was he's a bird watcher in that particular. What area. nigga bird watches? I don't know what I disbelieve more: the bird watch or the bushes. Uh, he's actually uh, a Harvard graduate. Uh, he's a bio- bioscientist, I believe. And uh, if he wants to watch birds in Central Park, good for him. That's an area of the park that's reserved, especially for birds, wildlife. And there's areas uh, for ground birds. And that's one of the things, the reason why he wanted the dog on the leash is so that it didn't attack any of the ground birds. So, so, so wait, wait, wait. So, so. Maybe he was in the bushes then, no? Yes, he could have been in the bushes. Bird. But but just come out and say, Can you put your dog on a leash? Even even if you're even if you raise your voice, can you put your dog on a leash because what you're afraid the of what's fuck happening? What are the odds? A nigga in the bushes who bird watches. Uh, uh I don't know what the odds are. But that's what happened. And uh she she uh, uh she needs to be the people who make these uh calls to the police, the waste valuable uh, 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 money, uh, department money that could be used for things that are actually needed. They should, they should come under fire for this. She should, she should be arrested. She should have, a, she, she follow, filed a false complaint. She was not in danger. I don't understand what the holdup is. People who do these things should get a minimum. Let's, let, let's do this. Let, let's, let's not arrest them. Let's make it a minimum when you're proved that you made a false ag- ag- accusation because you were scared and there's no basis behind it, your first, uh, your first offense is a $1,000 fine. Your second offense is a $5,000 fine. Your third offense is $10,000 and up to a year in jail. I bet you there would be a lot less phone calls if that was put in. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, goddamn. Um, yeah, dude, did you see the post I sent about the crazy white lady who was approaching the cop? yelling gibberish he backed away from her as much as he could before he tased her and she hit the ground screaming yeah <laughs> did you see that yeah i did yeah uh just, just uh um yeah i don't know what to say man i, I mean you know 
this, 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 this continues to just be business as usual. Well, if we're going to get into business as usual, let's make this podcast as heavy as possible because I'm at a point uh, where I'm going to say some shit that is going to get me. Uh, it's going to get. It's just not like I, I lost confidence. I lost confidence that this can be done. Uh, I'm losing confidence that this can be done in a Martin Luther King way, and I think this is going to have to be done in a Malcolm X way. Hey, man, if you don't maintain your calm, you ain't Jewish, nigga. There's a lot of uncalm Jews. Uh, <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. What ha- if you saw? I know. I just I talked to you before we started, so I know you saw the video. What happened in Minneapolis? Um, listen, when you watch someone die because someone's ne- uh, someone's knees on the back of their neck, uh, keeping airflow from happening, and they're telling you that they can't breathe, and people are going, "He can't breathe," and they're pointing out to you that he's now he's out. And you stand there and not stand there, you stay kneeled on someone. And as people come closer to try to let you know that this man is dying and you pull out mace because you want to mace the people and you stand there. There's a point in the video where he's this cop's face is actually out like he's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And then there's this moment where the dude passes out and the cop leans over and you never see his face again until after this is all over where he kind of goes behind the car. He knew what he had done. He knew that. The yeah. Guy, it was, you know, he radio Raheem him. and he knew it. But what makes me mad is that the other cop, the Asian dude, he's not, he, he's not telling his, he's not helping. He doesn't have to even help the dude on the ground. Help your partner, not kill somebody. How about that? Help your partner, not kill somebody. You know, I, uh, as I've said so many times, I would never advocate violence against the police, but you can't help but feel what you feel. And I was, as I was watching that, and these people are screaming, uh, get off him, he's dying, can't breathe, this is necessary. And you know how sometimes you see those scenes in a movie where, like, you know, someone may ask another person a question. And then what you think is a real moment, they cut to that person was daydreaming. Yeah. Like in my daydream for that at that moment, I just wish some black people would have rushed the cop who had his knee on this guy's neck and just like punched him in the face, choked him up, did something to get the cop off of him. And of course, while you may have those thoughts, or have those feelings. The reality is, if you did that, then you take the risk of the cop pulling out his gun and killing you, arresting you, beating you. And, of course, no one is going to take that risk for someone they don't know. You know, yeah, we see what the cop is doing is wrong, and you're doing the best you can as an innocent bystander by yelling and recording and saying, get off of them, pointing out the obvious. But unless you physically intervene, there's nothing you're really doing that's going to work. And again, nobody's going to physically intervene and put themselves at risk unless, you know, hey, that's your that's your kinfolk. But I just in my mind, I'm going, will somebody please tackle this cop, rush him, push him off him, do something because you can't help but think if that was me, dear God, I wish somebody would do that for me. Okay, and I just want to put this out there so that I can uh, 
I can uh, prevent this from being said or getting emails about this. Yes, there was a fight and a struggle apparently before any of this video is seen. But when, um, when you see someone after the fight who obviously is in control and has handcuffs on someone and has their knee in that position, that doesn't give you the right to kill them. It doesn't even give you the right to leave your knee on them. Put them in the car and take them to jail like you're supposed to. That's what you were. That was your job. You know, to it's, this is where, it's, where, where it becomes delicate because you're like, there was a fight, a struggle before that. Now, my first in- instinct is to say to you, well, why should that matter? But it does a little bit. It does a little and here's bit. Where, and here's where it gets tricky, though. If there was a fight, and we certainly know white people can fight the police and live, we can't. So we already established that we know we're playing by two different sets of rules. And yes, you're absolutely right. Theoretically, if there is a fight, based on trained protocol, it shouldn't end that way. Now, this is where I'm going to bleed into... What Mike Epps said, which is what caused the beef between he and I, he said, we have to stop giving cops a reason to kill us. And what he was specifically referring to was, I guess there was a, a moment in his hometown of Indianapolis where I guess a black guy who might have had some mental issues was being chased by the police in a car chase. I think he eventually stopped his car, got out of his car and proceeded to run away. The cop chased him a little bit, but then shot him and killed him. So I'm saying that to say, as a black parent, if I had to teach my black son, hey, man, these are the rules of engagement. Don't ever fight the police when they try to wrestle you or want to detain you, put their hands on you. You fucking do everything they say so that you can live. Um So fighting the police, as Mike would say, gives them a reason to kill us, even though we know they shouldn't. And it sucks to say that because you're also saying it shouldn't matter, but it does. Now, where me and Mike had to fall out is when Mike said they kill us because they see us kill us. No, Mike, don't do that. Black people, yes, we have to stop killing each other. We have to do better. But those are two separate conversations to to, to correlate that cops kill us because they see us kill us is very dangerous. That's a dangerous message because it allows racist cops to hide behind a bullshit narrative. And we need to see them motherfuckers front and center. I don't need them hiding. So I know that's bleeding into something else. But since we're on the topic of cops killing niggas. It's just important to know for the people that already know, because, you know, the beef was, you know, two weeks ago or something like that. So if you're late to the program, that's what me and Mike was beefing about. And a lot of black people gave me flack going, hey, man, if Mike is your boy out of respect, you could have DM'd him. You could have called him personally. You didn't need to publicly shame him for that. And I said, listen, it works both ways. This is a public forum, social media. When you put messages out that are dangerous to us as a community publicly, you should be checked publicly. 
If I don't check you publicly and allow you to put that message out there publicly that's dangerous, I'm doing a disservice to my own community by going, no, don't think that because we kill each other that that's the reason they kill us. That's a dangerous message. So I got to stop you publicly because you're doing something irresponsible and dangerous publicly. With great power comes great responsibility. So I, I had to do that. All right, Spider-Man. But I, I, you guys squashed that, though, right? You guys talked and it's, it's done? No, it's not really squashed. You know, I don't, I don't have no beef with Mike. I don't have no personal feelings. Mike's got the beef with me. And here's what was funny. This was the irony. Mike was going, black people, we need to love each other. Stop killing each other. Be respectful. Stop fighting each other. But then he was like, yeah, nigga, let's box it out. The streets love me, Aries. I said, Mike, the streets love me too. He goes, watch your back. Be careful. So what you going to do? You going to be Dr. King or you DMX? You can't be both. Um, yeah. I want to... I want to get back to what we were saying uh, when I said that it, it's important to know that there was an argument, there was a fight before that. Um, the reason it's important to note is just so other people can't use that to deny what happened. That's why I'm saying it. Yes, there was a fight, but yes, these are the police. This isn't the first time they've encountered a fight with uh, an aggressive uh, I, and I didn't see the fight, so I don't know how aggressive it was, but let's just say the police have fought aggressive people before without killing them. They have uh, fought aggressive people before and taking them down without sitting on their with their knee on their neck for over five looked like something like five minutes. There are moments when they have fought and they uh, have knocked someone out and they did they got them the proper medical care that they needed immediately. This isn't this is why I said it's important to say that there was an altercation before, not because I'm justifying it because I want to say altercations happen. That's what the police are trained for. I'm not saying the police don't have a hard job. They do. But when you look at someone that actually murdered someone and you see their intent in their face, uh, there's some bad people out there that shouldn't be cops. Well, that's always been the case. And that's, that's, that will always continue to be the case. You know, uh, I, I, I'm sure there's been more than one but the, the one that I only know of, that which I believe is the most famous one, the most famous slave revolt ever was by Nat Turner. The movie was made Birth of a Nation. Um, yeah, for slavery's existence, historically, you can count all the uprisings on one hand compared to the non-uprisings. So the majority of the time, yeah, slaves were slaves. They didn't fight. They went through it. It was what it was. It sucks. There you go. But there was some uprisings at some point. I think the same thing will happen with the police. At some point, this powder keg is going to explode. And some black people somewhere are going to say to themselves, fuck that. I'm literally going to war with the police. My goal is to kill cops. And again, I'm not advocating that. I would never advocate that. One, it's wrong. And two, like I said, that's us signing our own death certificate. But I believe that at some point it's going to happen because people are some people somewhere are going to say enough. Now, is it going to change anything? No. 
matter of fact, I think the only thing it's going to do is, let's say in the next five years, six black folks decide to be the next Nat Turner. All it's going to do is put six niggas in the ground. That's it. It ain't going to do nothing else. I don't think it's going to change the conversation. I don't think it's going to make any dent in a movement. It's just going to put six black bodies in the ground. For whatever that's worth, I have no idea. But I think it's going to happen. Because I'm telling you, like I said, I want to be sure. Please understand me. I'm not advocating this at all. But I do understand the feelings behind it. It's hard for me as a black dude to watch that. And in my fantasy, I'm going, if I was on the streets, I would love to punch that cop in the face. I would love to yoke him up from behind and throw him to the ground just to get his knee off that guy's neck. In the, rea- in the real world, if I was standing out there, I wouldn't do nothing. I wouldn't do nothing but what everybody else is doing. Hey, get off him. I'm recording it. Give me your badge number. You're killing him. Because you, you think at that moment, if you do what you, what you fantasize, you're going to die too. You're going to be in cuffs too. I, I don't know that it's going to be... Um, listen, I, like you just said, not advocating any of this happening. But there's a history, and we know uh, when things get heated, something's going to happen. And this, is, this falls upon... Uh, this video falls upon another video. Like it's, it's, it's just too, it's it, not that it, not that if it was a year later, it would be okay. But I'm just saying these are back to back videos where we're seeing what's happening. And what I think is, what I think is more, more, more likely to happen is that you're going to see a situation like this. And this is what the situation actually turns into. When you see someone put in a position like that man was put in, with that knee on his neck and there's a group of people out there, there's going to be a time when there's enough people there that they're going to rush the cops and there's going to be a shooting and there's going to be public killing. And at I don't want to, I don't want to see it, but, but it's, if you don't fix it, what is the option? Because if you, as, as you, as a human, you as a citizen, are watching another citizen, another human, another American citizen, where you know that they are the, the option is someone needs to do something or they're going to die, and you know what has happened in the past. You have no choice anymore. You have well, no. no choice. I, I don't know, but I don't believe that. I believe you always have a choice, and, and sadly, I believe most people will choose to do nothing because they don't want their own safety. To be jeopardized. But your safety's already jeopardized when you know that you can't walk down the street with the same. Yeah. Listen, you know that. Listen, listen. Anytime I walk out the door because of my skin color. Yes, there's a possibility. Yes. But the odds that it will be me. And it's scary to even say that because what happens when it is you? But the odds of you feel like it being me. Now I sound like somebody who doesn't want to wear a COVID mask. You, you just that's how you think you go nah, why would it be me you know when you uh when you said you were had that uh um uh, like it was a dream like you would like you would tackle that cop and or, or some of the people there i had a dream too like i had that moment and i wish it was like people who who do have the white privilege that they yield and would have went over and and done something about it 
because if and I, and I hate to say this, but if a white person got shot trying to help that black dude, there would be some changes. Well, and and this goes back to what we said before. We've said this before on the podcast. Yeah, it, you know, it it sucks that for us to be listened to, for us to be taken seriously, for us to get the the the, the, the golden key to get into the palace. It takes somebody white to give it to us. It shouldn't take that. Because if we're all human and we're all equal, then it shouldn't matter. But the reality is it does. It's not that it's going to take someone white to give it. It is. It's that it might and it might. It might take someone white to make a difference in how it's perceived. It's not given. It's not given. I'm not. I'm going to say it's not given. Black people have earned it. Black people have earned it for every drop of blood that's been that's been put onto this soil of this United States. They've earned it. And if some white people don't st- listen, here's how I look at it: If we don't make changes, if we don't make changes, and white people don't come to the aid of what is clearly a problem, you will have a problem anyway, because a change. There's always a storm, and a change is, is inevitable. So pick the white. Pick, pick the white. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said just pick when you want it to happen. Do you want it to happen because you're controlling it, or do you want it to happen because you are no longer have control? The, the white girl that got killed in Charlottesville when the guy ran over her with the car. What's changed? You know what I mean? She was a white girl dying for a black cause. What's changed? Uh, what's changed? I'll tell you what's changed a little bit. The, the narrative changed because it was a white girl that got killed. If it would have been a black dude that got killed, they would have said that they were rioting or they were doing something. And he, he, it, it would have it changed it, and it brought more attention from white America to what was going on. But still, okay. But now what? Now what? It's going to take more than that. It's going to take, take a lot of white lives dying. It's going to take a lot of it. Well, okay, I want to go further into what we're talking about because you put out a post uh, about the Republicans and the Democrats. You, you put out a post. Uh, uh, yeah, about the myth of, uh, you know, black people or, or, you know, conservatives somehow thinking that the only racist was the, was the Democrats. Okay. You know, are, you about to, are you about to say that this is about money? Please tell no, me. No, not no, about this the, isn't about money. Uh, it's it's okay. always about money, too, but it, this isn't what I was going with. Um, I, I wanted to do some research and I actually, actually did homework because I, I read your post and, and I, and I, and not that I disagree with you, with everything that you said, but I disagree with it wholeheartedly. And I'm going to disagree with it a little bit on what you've been saying about Obama and the Obama, what has Obama done for us? I, I'm going to say something that I think is being missed in what you're, how you're saying it. And then the people who say, what has Obama done for us? Obama was a Democrat in a Democratic Party that was created by white America during slavery. Republicans, they had the they they had a uh, Abraham Lincoln with the uh, with the uh, abolishment of slavery, and like you said, uh, he also spoke negatively about black people as well. Um, all that is true. Uh, when I take this Obama thing, I'm taking it to a different space because 
if Obama could have made more changes, would have he? And what does it say about the policy and practice of our political parties that he couldn't make more changes? And so then I went and I did some more research about when the time, it, when the shift was. And the shift was during the time of the election uh, with uh, Robert Kennedy and, and, and Nixon. And it had a lot to do with Martin Luther King. And it had a lot to do with Kennedy's getting him out of jail. And Nixon didn't. And Nixon stayed silent. And that's when the, the big vote came out for the Democratic Party in favor of Kennedy over Nixon because Nixon didn't say anything or do anything about it. Even though Nixon, in 1957, had the first civil rights bill since the 1800, 1870-something, Nixon had a way better civil rights record than Kennedy did. Nixon's uh, family, his mom's side, her farm, I think it's her farm, had one of the stops on the Underground Railroad. Kennedy's, the Kennedy's, Joseph was a Nazi sympathizer. He was going with Germany during World War II. Um, Bobby Kennedy was vehemently against uh, helping King out. Did not want to help King out. Uh, felt that that would cost them the election. And Sergeant Shriver, who was able to get Kennedy's ear and berated him for a while about it, is what made this change. Begrudgingly, because it's not who the Kennedys were. The Kennedys sided with the Southern Democrats as far as uh, race and Sam Crow laws were going and weren't going. And Kennedy even made a deal uh, with them that he would not force integration in schools. Nixon was doing something completely different and had a better record and was actually friends with uh, Martin Luther King. There was a Democratic governor that had no interest in helping out uh, Richard Nixon because uh, from what I read, Richard Nixon also made a call and that governor didn't want to talk to him because of his civil rights, uh, the uh, the act in 1957 and what was going on in in, uh, Georgia at the time. So he couldn't even get through. He couldn't get a message in. They did, he did help the Kennedys. So all I'm saying is, I'm not saying the Republicans are better, because then later we do have uh, Richard Nixon falling backwards into his civil right, into his, into his legacy of civil rights. But we do have two sides that were both created by white men that have an interest in, in a white America. And, and, to, and to have Biden come out and, and, and do this black thing. And I told you, I, I said this to you in private. To me, it was like watching both parties hold out white cake and seeing which Sambo was going to run across first. Right. To me, that's what it felt like. And, I, and I'm sorry that I used those terms, but that's what it felt like. Listen, this is a, this is a time when the black vote is definitely going to make a difference. And we and let's say we... I'm not, I, obviously, I'm this guy. But when I say this, I mean we as Americans. This is a time when the black folk can, can control a few things. This is a time when the black folk can actually demand that we should have uh, civil rights lawyers uh, and, uh, and uh, Department of Justice policing and going through every fucking city to see how they're policing, to make changes to how policing's done in this country. That has to happen investigations, different legislation, 
there has to be an agreement. It's not about whether this one's better than Trump and that one's better than this. They are just figureheads of a party that don't have black interests in his heart. It's not, it's not needed. Okay, well, so let me, let me see if I follow you a little bit. Are you saying that between both parties, there have been good, but there also have been bad? Yes, but I'm saying the reason that the shift was to the Democratic Party was more of an accident than actual uh, an attempt. When Kennedy gets uh, more credit for civil rights laws, it's because of what was happening around the world. And when black uh, dignitaries were coming to this country and they couldn't eat at restaurants, there was actually uh, in Russia was using that against America, saying that they claim that they are the leader of the free world and human and uh, the rights of the people. And yet a black man can't get dinner, can't eat and is segregated uh and when they came from other countries dignitaries from other countries they would go to washington dc uh where obviously to the white house and then they would have to go to new york to the uh uh united nations and there was that traffic from there there was obviously policing that was done and racism was so rampant and so seen that kennedy made more changes because he had to not because he wanted to these parties aren't for you. All right, let me let me let me say this. Let, let's just say so based on what you're saying. Cuz again, it sounds like what you're saying is both parties have been good, both parties have been bad, depending on the timeline, one has been more bad than the other at times. But nonetheless, they've all had their 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 their, you know, their hand in shit. In terms of being bad. Yeah, they don't make changes until they feel that they have to. Okay. Look at it like this. If you eat a bowl full of jelly beans, the most rare jelly bean in the pile is the black jelly bean. You almost, if you look for a black jelly bean in a bowl full of jelly beans, you might run across one or two. The majority of the jelly beans are colored. Let's say the black jelly bean represents what's been good for black people based on either party. So two bowls of jelly beans. In the Democratic bowl, you might find one or two black jelly beans, which represents the good they've done. The rest of it is bullshit. Same thing with the right bowl of jelly beans. The fact that black people have to only get one or two good moments in a bowl full of shit, which is the majority, that's a big fucking problem. And what I have a problem with is white people trying to validate one over the other. They're, Look, we got we got one extra black jelly bean than the Democrats. So therefore, we're better. But 97% of your bowl is full of shit. As opposed to, you know, 98% of theirs. Or whatever the math is. Like, come on, man. What do you what do you want us to be happy about? I don't want I don't want I don't want just saying when white people say that. Oh, you know, Lincoln freed the slaves or Democrats did this. Democrats did that again as though somehow the right is exempt from having done anything. Just maybe based on the timeline, you didn't do as much at that particular time. But if you shift the timeline some more, you did your fair share. Is that what you want us to be happy about? Nah. Like I'm, I'm, I just saw this quote. From Joe Biden from 1975. I'll be damned on reparations. I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. To, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Is Joe Biden the guy that Trump is 
racially? No. But between them two quotes, come on, man. That's what you. That's what we. That's what niggas is happy about. Wait, wait a minute. Is that he's he's less of. Listen, I'm not defending Trump. I hate. Listen, this is no. Okay, before I even go any further, in in my Trumpness that people give me, it's always been to say, look at the in, look at the totality. And this guy here did take on China. He did make some changes, but he also is the guy that w- the buck never stopped with this guy. Everything that's a problem is someone else's fault. He's the president of the United States. You were elected to take to to. I, and I, I, I'm very careful of how I say this, not to take care of the country, but you are you are holding the keys to the country. You are in charge of what happens. Therefore, that buck stops with you. If, if we don't have enough face masks, it's not about the it's not about who who was there before you. It's about what you're going to do to change the situation. He never does that. He is one of the worst leaders I've ever seen or heard in my whole life. I think that he has policies that are, are going to be seen as important later on down the road, but he was such a bad leader. Now, you take Joe Biden, what he said, and all I can say is, yeah, Donald Trump is not good for you, for anyone, and especially, and, and his verbiage is very poor for the black community. And he fucks you to your face. Joe Biden, on the other hand, I don't think we'll fuck you to your face, but I think he will fuck you. So what are we fighting about here? The political movement has to come out where black folks are getting something for the vote. I'm not saying this like it's my idea. This is not a new idea. This is being said. This is being circulated. But there's time because I don't think that Joe Biden gets the nomination when they go to uh, the Democratic convention. I think that he backs out of it. I think they're going to say something like health reasons, and they're going to come up with a different member to take over that, that, that position as their candidate because, and I think one of the reasons they're even doing this, is to give Trump less time to go after whoever their real nominate, n- nomination is. So, But I don't want people to lose focus on what needs to happen. This is not about Biden. Biden is a figurehead to a political party, as Trump is a figurehead to that political party. And, and I know that in the, in the Republican Party, it seems like there's some really horrible people with some nefarious attitudes towards uh, ill will to uh, the American public. But when I did see, uh, I'm not even going to remember his name now. Uh, Lindsey Graham, when Trump was calling for Obama to have to come into Congress to speak, and Lindsey Graham said, there's no way that's going to happen. He stood up for uh, not only uh, um, he stood up for the America, America that I believe is a possibility to get to, that you're not going to call this president so that uh, Trump can have his, his day. Uh, Barr said that that wasn't going to happen. Um, I, I know there's some people in there that aren't what is perceived as good people. I want, I don't care if you're good or bad. I want people that are going to do the right thing. I want people held to the fire and I want people to make changes based on the law of America and what is right as a human. That's all I want. And that's that, that I shouldn't even have to yell that that should be easy and that should happen because that is what we're supposed to represent. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you know, and, and, and I swear I have such a love-hate relationship with my own people because 
for all the black people that said, hey, man, I don't see nothing wrong in what Joe Biden said. You know, I got I don't want to go. I don't want to use a strong word like coon. But again, slave thinking, slave behavior. Why would it why would you ever think it's okay for a white person to define blackness? White people don't ever have that right to tell us who is black and who is it. And the fact that there are Negroes out there that go, I don't have a problem with it. You niggas, please, please, please take off the mental shackles. Black people, again, slavery did a number on us, man. It took a fucking toll. I'm just, I'm like, honestly, when I got up today and I saw, I saw the video from Minnesota, I want to quit doing comedy. I'm just done with people. Like I can't, I'm going to go to rooms and can't stand. I don't even want to talk. I don't want to tell jokes. I don't, I don't think anything's funny right now. I got to be really honest. I am so fed up. You know, I, and, and I wanted to think like the youth of America might be able to, because I, I feel like there's a stronger anger from the youth of America, but then you watch what they're doing uh, on, on weekends now because their rights, I, I don't know where we are anymore. I don't know where we are anymore. I, I really am. I, I was really an optimistic. I've always been optimistic about the, uh, a country that was be- based on law and had a constitution that spoke of what it spoke of, even though it wasn't used properly in the beginning, which we all understand, but it was written in a way that it could be used correctly. And I, I don't think we're, I think we've gone backwards in this last 10. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, you know, that joke I tell about police brutality and the, uh, the booty rim, the hot booty rim. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, there are times when I think to myself, wow, I haven't heard or seen anything in the, in the press recently or on the news about cops fucking up niggas. I feel like that joke can't even be told anymore. Like it, it's time to shelve it. It's not happening. And then this. So I go, nah, this joke still can live. Because just when I'm thinking, I can't tell it because I ain't heard none in a while, like the, which is, you know, I'm somewhat naive thinking, cops ain't fucking up niggas no more. But it's like, nah, motherfucker, it's still happening. It's still happening. Well, this, this was interesting. Uh, there was a, I just read the study that was done out here in uh, New Jersey, uh, in Bloomfield, actually, New Jersey. And it was about policing and where uh, I think it's like 40% of that area is, is minorities and 60 or something like 30, 70 or 60, 40 minorities. And uh, but the traffic stops are like 80% uh, minorities, 80 or not, it was it was higher than 80. And uh, so they went to the police and they said, hey, what is the, they, they took the study. It was done at Seton Hall. This isn't like this. It wasn't just like a random study. This is a Seton Hall study. And uh, he said, well, it's because those are the areas with crime. So we poli- police those harder. Well, any area that's policed harder is going to have more crime. Where the white neighborhoods that were up to the north, they didn't get policed the same way. So. Uh, anytime that you put more officers and more and, and, and to do more uh, policing, obviously they're going to see more crimes. If you don't have your patrols in those areas, no one makes a wrong turn. 
How can anybody make an illegal left? How can anyone make an illegal U-turn? How can anybody run a red light if there's no police there to see them? Right. I don't understand what we're doing. I don't. I, I understand you do want to put your your you want to put your deterrence in an area where there's more crime to reduce crime as a deterrent. But if you're pulling over people and you're causing them, uh, you're causing unnecessary. Um, violations, which some of the violations they found were unnecessary. They're stopping them for one thing and giving them tickets for something else. This is this is yeah. this is illegal policing. This isn't the way it was supposed to be set up. Uh, and, and then I know I hear other people right now going, "No, Andy, this is exactly the way that it was supposed to be set up. You just didn't see it." And in a lot of ways, I've you know I re I, doing this podcast with you and and my feelings and who I am. I mean, I reconsidered some things because I grew up in a different area. I grew up in Arizona, and Arizona is thought of as this really uh, strict, horrible place because of Sheriff Joe. But I got to tell you, we moved around a lot differently than other areas that I've seen and how my neighborhood affected me living by the Air Force Base and the people I grew up with and how I grew up. And and I see other areas, and I'm seeing the studies, and I'm doing more research, and I'm reading more, and and it's 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 so disheartening to what my the belief I wanted to have versus the reality, and I think the reality is getting worse. It's not getting better, and I always thought that even though my reality might be a little skewed, I always felt we were getting better, and this is the first time I'm feeling like we're getting worse. Okay, well, your first time feeling is our all the time everything. I, I get that. But I, I, had, I, I was optimistic that changes would be made. I understood that uh, the black experience was not the, the experience that you'd want to have in, in this country. But I also felt like it was, getting, it was going to improve. We were going to get there. And sometimes I feel like even Obama being elected, everybody, everybody that was for change took their foot off the gas instead of saying, okay, we have a situation, let, let's, let's keep going. Let's, I think that idea where they thought we were, in an, uh, we were past racism in this country allowed uh, the infection to fester and get worse. Where are we at time-wise? We're in an hour right on the nose right now. All right. Want to leave it there? Yeah, I guess, man. I don't think we made any improvements, but fuck. You, you talking about you talking about us on the podcast right now or in general? In life, man. I don't I don't feel any better. Oh. I don't feel well, better. I mean, yeah, man. Like, you know. Like, you know, it's funny that you say that, because like I said, your first time feeling is our all the time, everything. You, to you, you say that, and it's almost, you know, from the outside looking in. Like sad to go. Oh, that's that's the uh, deflating that you feel that way. But to us, it's you know, it's 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 Tuesday. I understand it's your Tuesday, but listen, take this, extrapolate this just a little bit more. If I was someone that was confident and didn't suffer what you suffer, but I was confident we could get past it, and I don't even have the feelings that you have because I'm not dealing with it twenty four seven like you do. And I'm losing, yeah. and I'm losing confidence, and it doesn't it, because of of everything that I see and it's put forth now that I can't even go. Yep, but there's a there's a chance it's going to get better. I don't even feel that anymore. I'm I'm losing faith, man. I'm losing faith, and I know that Thomas Jefferson had slaves, but he man, he talked about 
revolution every couple hundred years because people, the government will, the government devours its people, and that means that the people eat itself because we are the government, and we don't do, we're not doing the best things for us. Well, just do what black people do. Just pray about it. Everything gonna be all right. Pray about it. God gonna come through for us because that's what he do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pray um, about it, baby. You know what? I know we're gonna end this podcast, but I want to give a, a big shout out to Sean King. Um, his mom is sick and he was flying home and then this thing in Minneapolis happened. He can't even focus on his own his own sick mom. But I want people to go to his page. Uh again, I'm not trying to tell what black people what to do. I'm saying this to white people who like Aries and tuned into this podcast because of Aries, listen to it because of our conversations, but it's not enough. You gotta do something else. You gotta put effort in because just feeling I felt my whole life it was going to get better. I haven't put enough effort in. There, there's a white guy by the name of Jasper who I've been going back and forth with on Instagram. Uh, when I sent out the breakdown where it was a two picture left side, right side, Obama and all his stats, Trump and all his stats in terms of scandals, fuck ups. And I said something and I said something in regards to it. And this white dude kept hitting me back trying to battle with me about race. And again, I said to him, like I always say, hey, champ, do me a favor, do some homework. Look up this, look up that. Watch this, watch that. It all ties together. Your ears should be bigger than your mouth. Stop trying to defend all the shit we've said with Kyla. Stop trying to defend your position, dog. Try to understand us. Try to listen to us when we talk. He said, okay, I'm going to do that. He even sent me a screenshot of him having downloaded uh, Eyes on the Prize on Amazon. And I, and I told him, truthfully, I wasn't being funny. I was like, dude, you don't understand. Like, that almost brings a tear to my eye. Because, again, when white people give a shit, it matters. So cut to a couple other things I've sent out post-wise. And here he come right back, battling me some more. I said, dude, did you do what I told you to do? Did you watch it? No, I ain't did it yet, but I just wanted you to know. And, and, and I got to say it, man. There is a arrogance about white people. And I don't blame you because when you've been told you're superior, when you have all the privileges, when everything caters to you, when you have been made your whole lives to feel like you're better, you're smarter, you're always in powerful positions to control everything that comes with an arrogance where you feel like you don't have to you don't have to know you don't have to listen you don't have to care you don't have to understand and whatever it is you do think is you give us that's enough god damn it we gave you that that's enough be happy what more do you want from me there is an arrogance about white people And I don't, again, not all, but there is an arrogance that comes with you guys where you just believe you don't have to. And no matter what we tell you, no matter what we say, no matter how much we try to plead to you to understand, you just don't, a lot of y'all just don't give a shit. 
I want to say that it's not only it's it, I, yeah. There's there there's some people out there who just don't give a shit. Agreed. I think we're taught to be this way. When you're white in America, you're taught to be a way. You the 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 way that you're taught in school is is to be this way. You're not given the facts about how this country started, where it came from, what they did to people to make this country to build this country out. You're not. You don't understand that. You're. you're listen, I'm going to say this, and this is a uh, fuck. Let, let's just get me in all the trouble in the world. Why are you always assuming that it's going to get you in trouble? Because I know what I'm going to say is going to get me in trouble right now. But okay, I'm, and if it's and if it's going to get you in trouble, that is exactly what we're talking about. You got to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble with both blacks and whites on this. I know, but your 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 feeling of getting in trouble sometimes leaves you hesitant to say what needs to be said from you. Okay, because you matter in this fight more than we do. So yeah, get in trouble. This 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 is where we're headed right now in the way that we do things and the way we teach things. Um, there's a there's a book. <laughs> there, please, people understand that the written word, the print, the newspaper. Get I, I understand your computers and I understand you get information off that is very important, but never doubt the written word. Never doubt what's in print, because without that, you can't. It won't be remembered. And I know that um, we're, we're learning things with the internet, and we're, we're getting more information than we ever have. But there's a book that I had to read when I was in school. It's Tom Sawyer. And there's a character in there, and this is where I get in trouble. And I'm going to say what his, his name was in there. His name is Nigger Jim. And that is said like 300 times throughout the book. You take away the written word and just leave the digital print they will take that word they will take that character away and his name will be Jim and then white people will say that they never said that word we are taught that way we have removed the facts of how this country was put together and that's what we how we educate kids and let me tell you that book Tom Sawyer if they could take that book and they could take that word out they would do it in a second and say, we never said that. This is how we're taught. This is what's wrong with white people, with the white culture not understanding. This is why they don't see their privilege, because they don't understand if two political parties that are only two political parties were both built off of white theory and can't see how that works for them for the whole existence of this country. And then there's groups of white people that have to feel, and I think this is the funniest one, that if black people were held back so far, and if they had such a head start, how are they in the same position that they're in? And they can't understand that. Listen, um, it's almost like without being movie stars, white people have been movie stars racially. Like, you know, no matter how humble no matter how humble movie stars appear to be or try to be, look at Michael Jordan. You know, he, he, I can't be the greatest player in the world. I've never played against other eras. I didn't play against Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I didn't play against the best. So, yes, I'm flattered that I'm considered the GOAT, 
but I don't think I'm the GOAT. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. He's being humble because the camera's on. Cut to his YouTube video. Hey, man, you guys got YouTube? You better YouTube Michael Jordan's career. I'm Black Jesus in the last dance. You got the tickets from God. Just kidding. You know, it's like, dude, when you're, when, and how many times have you seen where movie stars try to come off humble in an interview and when the camera's on, but then cut to a TMZ video of Reese Witherspoon getting pulled over by a cop. Do you know who I am? You know, that's whenever stars get in trouble, they pull that card. Don't you know who I am? When you, when you come up in an environment where you're being praised, paparazzi, people kiss your ass, your feet, they tell you you're the best, you're glamorized on the cover of magazines, people want your picture, your autograph, they want to touch you. I don't care how humble you try and become, there's a certain part of your brain that makes you think your, your doo-doo is a little different. Your doo-doo is a little different. And it's, I'm, it just, it goes with it. It goes with it. So again, when you've been brought up your whole life to be a movie star, then that's what comes with it, that arrogance. If I keep doing comedy, I'm going to have to use that as a credit. What? I'm white. So you're automatically a movie star? Yeah, so I can get the, yeah. get the credit. Yeah, what movies have you been in? I'm white. What, who, who produced it? God in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm really, I, I really am disheartened. I, I don't want it to sound like it's just I'm, I'm being a whiny white dude, but I'm disheartened. I'm disheartened for, for the world. I'm disheartened for the world because if this is supposed to be still supposed to be one of the, the most freest countries in this world and this is where we're at, this world's fucked. Well, yeah, welcome to it. It's funny, I'm talking to you and one of my favorite movies is on. I could watch this movie any fucking time. It's on my favorite scene, Rounders. Yeah. These kids got alligator blood. Pay this man his money. He beat me straight up. I wonder if Russians co-sign that accent. Is it really good? It was, what, do Russians talk like that? He beat me straight up. It was pretty close to the Russian dude who was trying to get his stuff on the conveyor belt while I was still standing there at the grocery store. Nick, Nick, he checked me, Nick, <laughs> all night, Nick. Uh, before we sign out, you got anything good we could say before we get out of here? Make this podcast not the most horrible. Nah, man. Sometimes, nah. Sometimes this podcast is domestic abusive. It ain't always pancakes and jelly. Today was a slap the shit out you. Why is my orange juice warm moment? Um, yeah, man. Check out Sean King, though, you guys. Please. Please see what's going on. Please help out. Please do something to make a change. <sighs> Be the change. Isn't that how it goes? Be the change. Gonna make a change for once in my life. There we go. I just watched that. The, uh, the It's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. That's all I got. Dude, I got to tell you this, though. I did watch that special with the uh, uh, the Michael Jackson, the, the last tour. Uh-huh. And 
I'm gonna. I'm, I don't even know why I'm throwing this out there. All the accusations about Michael Jackson. I gotta say, uh, and I know there's been movies and everything. When I watched it, I was like, this dude couldn't have done it. And the reason I say this is, if you watch him when he's dancing and he's and how he's dancing and how he's grabbing and how, if he had done that, everybody would have looked at him and been like, nah, man. And you watch all these people cheering and they're into it. I was like, how great would it have been if they ever did the musical version? of the last dance with the other MJ and like the real, like the other MJ, this motherfucker, from what I've heard, curses is a pussy hound. Michael Jackson is everything the opposite of what we have been taught. He was, which again, I heard from some people in real life. He was nothing like, hee hee. <laughs> All right. He was nothing like that. Uh, you just made me think about that when I saw that. I was looking at it. I go, "There's no way," because they were pl- they were applauding him. And they were, and I was like, "And this is I'm talking about. This was not uh, the audience. This was like the people that he was working with and all around." I was like, "Nah, nah." The, the people knew people knew who this guy really was, so, right? Anyway, uh, that, there that made me feel a little bit better. It's a nice note about somebody that uh, was important in my upbringing. Uh, and uh, oh, I, I guess we could end with this though, if you don't mind. Um, the Jordan thing and all the fallout and everybody's feelings that got hurt. I'm so sick of it. Uh, name your top 10 basketball players and any one of them could have been the goat. I just happen to believe it was, it, it was Michael Jordan. That, that's just easier. I'm tired of listening to everybody. Your top what? Top 10. Just name top 10. Your top. I, I wouldn't say top 10, like top five. It's hard for me to do five. Dude, for, to be the goat, you have to have all the ingredients. I guarantee you in the top 10, after five, people start lacking the ingredients. Okay. Well, let's do it real quick. You have... Uh, you said top five? Let's do your top five. You have Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. You got um, LeBron. You got Kobe. LeBron. Kobe. Magic. Kareem. Kareem. Will. You got Will. You got Bill. Not Will. Not Will. Not Will. Bill Will, Russell then. Russell. You got to put Russell. Bill Russell in there. You got uh, Oscar Robinson. You got... Uh, who else you got in there that should be on this list? I don't know about goat for Oscar Robinson. Okay, let's take off. We'll take him off goat then. Uh, who else do we got? Because we're at six right now. You name Bird? Man, I think you got to put Bird in there because of what his impact and his numbers. His numbers give him give him on there. I don't. He doesn't fall into my number one, but he's in my top four. Um, who else? That's where it gets thin. But we're at seven already. All right. I mean, I listen. I know people will say KD, Steph. Yeah. Well, you. How can you not? You, you could put Olajuwon in there. No, nah, not goat. Niggas from Africa can't be goat. <laughs> not when they eat them. <laughs> uh, it's still you okay. Can't, you can't. You can't be the goat and eat the goat. You can't do it. Name your top six players, and any of them could be the GOAT. How's that sound? Yeah, that, fair enough. Um, dude, I got to say, and I know we're supposed to be done with this, but I got to say, I love all the bitterness that's coming out because of the last dance. From Scottie Pippen to Horace Grant, even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, it just, you know, Michael can't be the GOAT. I'm the GOAT. You know, like, th- that's what I mean. Again, egos. These guys all have egos, but it's just like Scottie Pippen recently said, you know, uh, talking about how he looked at Kobe and how hard he worked and how Kobe strived to be the best 
so much so like Michael. He goes, I went back and looked at some tapes and I thought this guy's actually better than Michael. So at one point, Scotty said LeBron was better than Michael. Then he recanted. Now he's saying Kobe's better than Michael. It's like, motherfucker, just admit you upset because of the fucking series. There's a little animosity that he has. And what's, what's sad to me about this is that, uh, like I told you, he was one of my favorite players all time, Scotty Pippen. And he's fallen. He's fallen because of how he's handling this. Again, this is something he should have just said, yeah, man, this is how I played. And I, I, my, my contribution to these rings was, uh, he- was important and it was heavy into it. But yeah, I made some mistakes. That's all he has to say. Horace Grant needs to admit that he probably said some of those things that were in the book. I know he says he didn't say any, but uh, they have to have, like they like said for the book, they have to have more than one person confirm these. So there's a couple people. So maybe he didn't say them, but maybe he he shook his head. Yes, that's true on some of these things without without actually being the one that said it. So... You know, it's 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 so. I I don't know. It's so easy. Did you see the golf uh, match though with uh, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and uh, and Payne Manning? Did the you, what? They, they, there, there's, there was a golf tournament with those four guys. What sport was it? Golf. Oh, it was Tom. What sport? Did I see what? It was. <laughs> it was for charity. I don't give a fuck if it was for titties and ass, nigga. I'm watching golf. All right, let's cut it there, man. Uh, so uh, we're going to be in Oklahoma City. What did you say, the 11th? June 11th through the 14th. And then the week after that, we're somewhere. Uh, I we, think we're back in the groove, man. The week after that, aren't we going to be in uh, the new the new um, Chuckles? In, in Mississippi. I think that's the week after. In Mississippi, yeah. What? I'm on the CD war. What a year! <laughs> hey, uh, Nigga, what? 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 book? Dude, if the revolution starts when we're in Mississippi, I'm not. Uh, it's not good for me. I'm. <laughs> 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 the revolution will not be televised, but it will. You be know streaming. who I think is from Mississippi? Who? Morgan Freeman. Yeah, maybe I think he. I was. think he's from Mississippi. I, I, I was I was saying uh, I, I don't know I, I, once upon a time ago I was saying because uh, you know how regal his voice is yeah. uh, and like he as a commercial to get people to come visit Mississippi he just did a commercial where they you know show the beautiful parts of Mississippi and you just hear him do a voiceover and he's like ah Mississippi the only place where you can go and stick your hand in a lake and come up with a fresh catfish. Uh, Mississippi. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was looking him up right now to see if he was from Mississippi, but it doesn't. Let's see. There's his Wikipedia. Uh, best sporting exemption. Warren, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh shit! Same same concept. 1937, age 82, right now. <clears throat> right, dude. Oh Tennessee, the only city where you can say boy. And five niggas come out the woods. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm glad we did this today because I really was in a, in a, in a foul mood, and I, and I don't know just talking about this makes me feel better. But uh, ah, it takes the black guy to make the white guy feel good. Nah, you make me laugh, brother. 
I do a little verbal soft shoe, and the <laughs> Jews are grinning. <laughs> All right, folks. Love y'all. As always, I've been getting a nice amount of emails. Keep writing them. Uh, Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail. Uh, keep showing your brother love. Cameo for the fucking link. Hit me up, Instagram, DM me. You know what it is. I'm out here. Um, I don't have a cameo, but for uh, $2 on uh, Cash App, I'll, I'll say hi. Uh, <laughs> I'll start my own cameo. Uh, no, uh, I'm andycomedy.com. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. Um, yeah, send me some e- I'll take some emails. Funnyhappens at gmail.com. Let me know. Let me know how far. Look, I don't know. I don't know if you, listen, I don't know if you can hear it, but it, it's, it just happened. Look, it's at that moment. I'm going to turn the volume way up. Not straight. You're motherfucker! That's it! What the fuck are you talking about? That's it! Take it out! Yes! 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 Just go to that part. Hey, you know what? Uh, we should put this on the other one. I just want to let everybody know that uh, HBO pulled all the Sopranos and uh, the uh, what's your your chick Sex in the City off because off of Netflix because they're going to put it on their own streaming HBO Max. I never knew it was on Netflix. Yeah. Really? So now I'm done. I think it was Netflix or it was Prime, but either way, I, I don't think I have. I don't think I have uh, the Sex in the City anymore. But I know the Sopranos definitely got pulled, and the Wire. Wait a minute, pulled. and the Wire got pulled. And and what do you got to get? You got to get an HBO Max app. Yep, you got to get the Max app. And you got to pay for that. Yep, it's not even out yet. And oh man, wait a minute. You you don't have HBO in demand? Uh, I don't have it. Really? Yeah. But I, you just I mean, didn't want to pay for it? I, it out here, the package that I got that was already almost $200 didn't come with HBO. Uh, it came with Showtime. Are you serious? Yeah, it came with Showtime. Showtime? Yeah. Yeah, that's Jersey. You live in Jersey, nigga. You gotta go to the city. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I want to be done. Yeah, Jersey, you get Showtime. New York, you get HBO. <laughs> it's, it's, fucking, it's fucking a rough life out here. I got to be honest. Jesus Christ. Oh, that sucks. Jersey, so where, where did you where did you leave off on Sex in the City? Uh, second season, I think. Dude, now you, I know what to get you. I, I got you. I got you, dog. Yeah. Did, when I see when I see you in Oklahoma, I got you, yo. Dude, uh, I, I was kind of it was I was uh, you know what? Let's do the other, let, let's do the email podcast. So we put some of this on there. That's good, guys. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, like we said, Oklahoma City on the eleventh. Please come check us out over at uh, it's called the Brickyard, I believe, right? Yeah, the brickyard. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bridget! 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 Can you feel it, baby?